0: Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Get Ready Show.
1: best in pro wrestling talk
0: and that's the bottom line the first goal goal. (sighs) for this right here is the future of wrestling and it begins
2: Night as we get you set for WWE Survivor Series a little bit earlier than usual, but hell, our schedule's been kooky lately. That's what it is. By the way, programming note next week, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving weekend. We'll be taking that weekend off. So, everyone enjoy yourselves, be safe, and uh, be thankful. Just be thankful. But anyway, we're getting you set for the last of the big four on the calendar year, and perhaps. The most excited maybe we've been in recent memory for Survivor Series. As we get you set for this incredible event, we give you all the picks. We'll give you our comprehensive view match by match as we can only give it to you. So thank you all for tuning in. Give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. You want to talk Survivor Series, give us your picks, what matches you're looking forward to the most. We want to hear from you. You can check us out on Facebook. Our Facebook page is at The Ken Reidy Show. Again, Facebook is at The Ken Reedy Show, so you can check us out over there. You can also follow us on the Twitter if tweeting is your thing. Twitter handle is at The Ken Reidy Show. Again, at The Ken Reidy Show on our Twitter. So check out Facebook.com slash The Ken Reidy Show. Twitter is at The Ken Reidy Show. Our website is TheKenReidyShow.com. And if you really want to get drunk, drink every time I say The Ken Reidy Show. Those are the ways you can connect with us over there on the social media. Check us out. Join us. Come on board for the ride. Uh, We do this live each and every week, but if you want to hear us pre-recorded, you can check us out on the B-Plus Players Network. The brainchild of one Mark Adam Haggerty has a bunch of great podcasts over there. Mark Adam Haggerty is all over the independent scene these days. Check out His adventures over there in B-Plus Players. You can listen to us as much as as you can listen to a bunch of other shows over there. So check out the B-Plus Players Network. And let's get into it. There's a lot to get into. We got matches to cover. We're going to give you a comprehensive overview. We have not one, but two. A two-part throwback tonight. This is where you want to be. This is the best pre-show around. And without further ado, let me bring my tag team partner on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Thank you very much for having me on once again. Like you
3: said at the top of the show, looking forward to the last of the big four. Probably more excited than I've been about Survivor Series in recent memory. Uh, It's great to be here tonight, this afternoon, I should say. Ken, Rocky, let's get
2: into it. And you said it, as we do in our pre-shows, we got... Rocky, who is on the line as well. So Rocky, actually Rocky's in studio,
1: on the line in studio. Rocky, how are you doing this evening?
2: Good, evening. good
1: afternoon. <laughs> I'm doing good, Ken, Dave. Always a pleasure to be here. And just like you two, I am pretty amped up for the Survivor Series. I think it's going to be a great show, and I think we should dive right in.
2: Yeah, and before you know, I don't wanna get your take because um you know, last week and, and Rock you weren't here, but last week and this is what this is the thing I love doing about the show because and we, we touched upon it last week, like we're the three of us here, and if you disagree with us, you know, by all means bring it, Jabronis. Like we, we don't back down from a challenge and we're respectful here, but what I love about doing the show is the three of us when we're on, um, you know, Dave and I, the two of us when we're doing our, our run of the mill shows, um, you know, we don't we don't how to anybody? We don't um, we don't listen to the internet wrestling community. We don't listen to anybody, really. We don't listen to how media portrays things. We don't necessarily listen to the dirt sheets. Uh, we really, on this show, establish our own opinions uh, based on the product, and and we give you our thoughts on things. And last week it was a show that I was I was proud of um, because we we took a different approach to uh, talking about the Ric Flair. Uh, documentary, his uh, thirty for thirty on ESPN. We we kind of took a hard-hitting approach um, to um, some of the stuff that was said in, in the documentary, and um, I, you know, I was proud of that show that we kind of took that kind um, of kind of unorthodox approach to uh, what the documentary meant. Um, and, and and I thought it was warranted. I thought we we gave like a really good show. However, when we talk about Rick Flair this week. And I want to talk a little bit uh, more positive because i got to say, and I'll I'll use Ric Flair himself, a quote from the one and only, with a tear in my eye, when Ric Flair came out on SmackDown, when his daughter Charlotte uh, won the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, when his music hit and Flair came out, and you can tell, you look at Flair, you know, He's on two feet and that's awesome. But you can tell that that dude's body went through the ringer. Uh, you know, he's got a long road ahead of him recovery wise, but I got to say, man, um, you know, perhaps feel good moment of the year in professional wrestling. I got to admit, I got a little choked up watching him out there. Um, you know, you could tell that the, the emotion was genuine. Uh, Ric Flair admittedly in his 30 for 30 says he lives vicariously through his daughter right now. Um, Charlotte's incredible. Charlotte is on pace to be one of, if not the greatest female competitors ever. Um, The pedigree is there. Uh, But, wow, I just, for me, I thought it was such an incredible, genuine moment that with with the stuff in in wrestling and things are are predetermined and a lot of times you can can tell and there aren't a lot of genuine moments. Uh, This was something to kind of, kind of took me back and, and it just was really special to me to see the two of them. I'm curious, Dave, when you're watching SmackDown, again, we took kind of a hard hitting approach last week. Um, Feel good moment of the year. I thought it was incredible to see Rick back out on WWE programming, walking and having that moment with his daughter. What's
3: amazing about that, like you said, is that he's walking, uh, you know, back in August, he was put in a medically induced coma and, You know, a lot of us, the entire wrestling community, was not sure how, you know, what the outcome was going to be if, if unfortunately, if Flair was going to pass away, or if he was going to come out of this a changed person. Um, And I don't know about him mentally or emotionally or psychologically if he has changed. I think he has. um, You know, having you know knocking on Death's door, but physically, I mean, to come out there and walk in front of a live crowd, uh, knowing the medical situation he was in is truly remarkable and of course sharing a moment like that with your daughter on live television in front of thousands of people millions watching around the world yeah you can't help but being touched so that's what i took from that from that unbelievable moment and uh to see nature boy back at it you know again and uh you know just being who he is like it's it's truly unbelievable considering the circumstances just a few months ago
1: well, yeah, it, it most certainly was a very special moment. Uh, I am curious to know, you know, I, I don't know if we will ever know if Charlotte actually knew Flair was there and was going to do was, was going to come out because uh, the look on her face, like what's going going on? To her credit, you know, if that was a sell. She was selling it to the nines because she looked generally like what's going on, and then seeing her father and you know running into her father's arms. Absolutely, I agree with you, Ken. Feel good moment, and it seems to me that you know Flair has has traded the blood for tears because it's almost you know any time Charlotte's out there, and obviously Charlotte is a phenomenal competitor. She she is literally poetry in motion. You know some of the uh, some of the gifts they make of Charlotte are some of the videos where they just show her moonsault and uh, just the poetry she she's going to be. One for the history books, guaranteed. Uh, de- definite on our way to being one of the greatest uh, female competitors of our generation. But uh, absolutely feel good moment. I'm happy to see Ric Flair on his feet. And you know what? It's his daughter. Let him live like Carrie say to his daughter. I say, you know, blessings to him. Hopefully he can live through her and, you know, try to get more on a straight and narrow health wise. And, you know, I'd really love to see uh, Flair around for a long time.
2: Yeah, it's funny man, cause, like in my head sometimes I just have this picture of like Rick cutting a promo on, on death. Like like the, the grim the Grim Reaper like coming to me is like You think you can take out the nature boy? Woo! You threw me in a plane crash. I'm still breathing. Um I don't know, I just have that in my head. But yeah, I mean and in the thirty for thirty, I mean I find it intriguing that, you know, Charlotte basically said that, that she's that this isn't her dream. This was Reed's dream. And I, I find it, you know, maybe in a few years we'll get a 30 for 30 on, on Charlotte because I, I find that fascinating that you have a woman who, um, by her own admission, did not necessarily see her life going in this direction. And to and have, um, you know, to sit there and, and kind of say that she's living her brother's dream and now her father is kind of living vicariously through her daughter. And this isn't something that necessarily she dreamed for herself and yet she's still this good. Um, It's just, uh, psychologically speaking, I find that fascinating that that's where she's at, that she's living her brother's dream, her father's living vicariously through her, and I'm curious if it's her dream now, if it's still like she's focused on being the best ever as a tribute to her brother. Um, I I find her fascinating. Like The the whole Charlotte story to me is is absolutely fascinating, and uh, I'd love to see more... uh, more of that. But anyway, it was great to see Ric Flair on SmackDown. Let's get into what we're looking at Survivor Series-wise. And, you know, we, we, we're going to have our picks. We got a lot of – you know, one of the things I did like about – and, and it, it's a double-edged sword, and that's why I want to get both of you guys and your, your take on on this. And, like, Survivor Series, the, the setup, I, I, I dug it. Um, what, was it great, like, at all times? Was it a slam dunk um program head into Survivor Series? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but for the first time in a long time as a fan, I'm excited for Survivor Series. Um, it's something I didn't see coming. You know, at the last pay-per-view, I kind of picked the Kurt Angle heel turn. Now seeing where they went with Survivor Series, I understand, yeah, you couldn't have turned him heel because he's kind of the face in this whole... Situation. I got to say, on Monday Night Raw, Triple H made Kurt Angle look like a bitch. I mean, you you pedigree the dude's son, and he just stands there like, huh? so whatever. I mean, there, there's that, but I, I kind of dig the setup. I, I thought it was cool how they 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 had the two brands uh, against each other. Uh, it, it almost 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 uh, had that feel of the Monday Night Wars, and if if Nitro and raw would have gone after each other um so i I dig that i dig that kind of aspect of things Uh, my only issue is you know you had these two brands um they it was very friendly competition and then all of a sudden it was like you know shane like nah man we hate you guys we hate you and and we want to destroy raw because we're better and it was just kind of this is all of a sudden kind of thing, which I'm willing to accept. It's wrestling. I'm not going to get bent out of shape as some fans uh, might, but I would like to see it continue. Now, like I don't think I would. I don't want to see Survivor Series end, and then all of a sudden it's like the two brands and they kind of like each other. I, I would like to see them build on this. I would like them to to really have like a rivalry between the two shows that you know doesn't necessarily get to um, uh, physical confrontation uh, all the time, but let's give us hints some more. Like let's like at the, like I would love to see the next time there's a a draft or, or a brand shakeup that like both GMs don't like each other. Like they're looking to screw each other. That's what I want to see. I want to see now that like I don't want to see this limited Survivor Series run and then everything there's all peace in the WWE universe. I want to see these two brands kind of be rivals. And then you can build upon it because now that you started this, this year when Survivor Series comes around, that whole Raw versus SmackDown really definitely like starts to take hold that the two brands are two separate entities. They hate each other. And when they go at each other, it really is for brand supremacy. So I'm curious what you guys think as far as the build. I, I, again, I think it was a good build. It's got me excited as a fan, uh, but I just want to see it continue. And that's what, you know, we do the show and, and you know, as a fan, you try to enjoy things in the moment, and but when you do the show, we can't help it. You gotta kind of speculate. That's what we do here. Um, so I kind of wonder where we're gonna go moving forward. I really hope that we see more of the brands not liking each other, kind of trying to screw each other over. Um, I dig the way SmackDown ended this past week. Um, Sean, I think there's a lot to talk about when we get into the matches, but I'm just hoping it continues. So so, Rock, I'm curious, I'll, I'll defer to you first. Uh, your thoughts on on the build, like what would you think about it? Are you excited about Survivor Series? What's your thoughts as far as the overview of the event?
1: Well, I think that this is exactly what you wanted a brand split to be. Um, you wanted rivalry. You wanted uh, these two shows going at each other. I am 100% on board with the build. I thought it was great. I thought the fan reaction you know, was obviously better than it has been in a long time, and it garnered a, It garnered several things. One, it gave you that sports, that you know, real sports feel of cheering for your team. Are you team Raw? Are you team SmackDown? Because you know, you had guys who are beloved baby faces going on the other show and getting booed out of the building because they were invading their show. It gave you that. You know, I got to be there for my team feel. And on the second point, to me, and I'm you brought up a great point, Ken, with I hope they continue with this, because what this does is it gives, you know, in a roundabout way, WWE is giving itself competition. Let's face facts. When you did have the Monday Night Wars, the thing that had to get better, that they had to get better at, was their programs. It was either going to be WCW or it was going to be WWE. And the only way you're going to win out is putting up is putting out better programming. And who benefits from that? Us, the fans. You know, you, you need competition. You, you need competition to evolve. You need competition to grow. And in this particular way, you're kind of getting that. If you keep up this rivalry, then, you know, SmackDown has been the perennial B-show. And I can see them taking umbrage to that, and I can see – Uh, You know, Shane getting sick and tired of being the GM of the B show. Screw that. We want to be the A show. And that's the way it should be. And I think that this should continue, and that's exactly what this branchlet should be.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, what I want to see is honestly, like, the relationship between Raw and SmackDown to almost be like the Yankees and Red Sox. Like, that's what I would like to see out of these. To use a sports analogy, like, that's what I'd like to see going forward. And if, like, you know, and even, even bringing up new talent, like, bring NXT into the mix. You know, if, if you know, Raw goes and, and signs, quote, unquote, uh, a major talent from from NXT, then, you know, how is SmackDown going to keep up? Like, what is SmackDown going to do to boost their roster? Like, you know, I would love to, see, like, there's so many ways, and I, and I don't have the utmost confidence in creative, but I do think that you can kind of evolve this thing, evolve, uh, the the draft chest slash uh, brand sh- shake-up. God, I can speak today. Jesus, brand shakeup. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of directions you could go in. Like you could have, like when you talk about, I like mean, you see stuff with the NFL draft, and you have, you know, teams have their war room as they're as they're going and, and trying to look at, you know, who are they going to pick and who they, you know, are they going to trade a draft pick and what they're going to do. Like I would love to see stuff like that. I would love to see you know, things like that, you know, or, or maybe you even trade, like you trade up for the draft, you know, Raw gets the top pick in the draft, but SmackDown is willing to trade someone over for like, but like to get the number one pick, like things like that. I just would love to see um, them use what like, use this as a jumping off point. Don't take what you've done to set up Survivor Series as it was just to set up Survivor Series. Use this as, it's, it's a brave new world. Give, give us something different in WWE programming and don't let it end with Survivor Series remains to be seen. But Dave, I kind of dug the setup. I thought it was, it was cool. It was interesting. Hoping it continues. What were your thoughts on the setup? Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I dug the setup as well, how they got
3: there. Um, there's some folks over on the internet called the IWC that I've had a little bit of a beef with as far as their take on the setup and guys, I'll be quite honest with you, and I'm referring to the IWC. If you just came to an understanding with me that your opinion doesn't fucking matter, I think you'd view wrestling a lot differently, okay, Um, (laughs) as far as this setup goes. No, seriously. Like, you think, like, whatever comes out of their mouth. Stop beating around the bush. How do you feel? (laughs) Oh, fuck them. Seriously. Like, that's all I see about this whole set, like, the (laughs) buildup towards this. Is that, like, oh, like, they're doing it wrong, and oh, like, this guy hates this guy, but all of a sudden they're going to go invade another locker room in the, in, in the spirit of competition and brand supremacy? Shut up. Like, it's wrestling, okay? It's not meant to be rocket science. It's not meant to be an Academy Award-winning performance, even though some of us think it should be. It's not, okay? Um, I, I kind of take Ward's route that Rock had mentioned earlier, um, whereas, you know, guys are fighting for their team. You know, in the NFL – You have guys that get traded and go to different teams, and they are 100% supportive of that team. They don't necessarily hate the other team, but they're supportive of their team. The internet, on the other hand, they feel like, well, shit, the New Day was on Raw last year. Why are all of a sudden they're going to be leading the charge for SmackDown? Because that's their team that they're on, dumbasses. But in all seriousness, I will disagree with you, Ken, as far as the the, the follow-up from this. As far as drafting goes with draft picks and maybe getting NXT into the mix, I like that. But I also like the fact that the Raw and SmackDown collisions kind of stay exclusive to Survivor Series to give Survivor Series its its own unique setting, its own branding of itself. Intermingling on some of the other big four pay-per-views, like the superstars in the Royal Rumble match or even at WrestleMania during the Andre the Giant Memorial match. I like that because at this point, if you were to take all those, if you were to take some of that brand rivalry and you cross it over on a week-to-week or a month-to-month basis, then there's no brand extension, to be quite honest with you. There really is no brand extension. What's the point? You might as well have them all on the same show and go back to square one all over again.
2: That's that's just me personally. Oh, I but mean. I don't I don't want them to I don't want them to to interact like physically at all. And I don't I agree with you. I think Survivor Series should be unique to itself. What I'm saying is I I think they should they should continue just not to like each other. So there should be more yeah, of a yeah. like I don't want to see you know if if Shane happens to show up on Raw one night, the relationship with the Raw GM should still be contentious. They should still yeah, have yeah, that no, feeling okay. of. You know what
3: I mean? Oh, I, yeah, no, I, oh, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe I just misunderstood your your your, your explanation behind it. My, my my apologies, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's been it's been good so far. It's been very intriguing. And, and as far as I'm concerned, tonight's card, with the exception of the cruiserweight match, because you know, everyone, nobody gives a shit about them. Um, the, the rest of the match is like you could you could kind of go either way. Like you really could, as far as like, you know, brand supremacy and who's going to come out on top and, and how those guys are going to, you know, evolve or where their characters are going to go moving forward based off of the results of tonight's survivor series. I think that's, what's so unique about it. And I think, um, like I said, I've said this to you guys in text messages before, when we've discussed this, but I'll say it on the air. Like I like the raw versus SmackDown, the champions versus champions. But if I were writing, if I had the book, if I had the, the, the the pen in, in WWE, and I was the head of creative, I would have done, like, each champion captaining Survivor Series teams and still intermingling the traditional Survivor Series format, but also doing the brand rivalry and doing the whole card with Survivor Series matches. But, then again, what do I know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that that would be cool, too, if they had, like, more team matches. Um, but, yeah, like, and I think you brought up a really good point. Like, I would like to see, like, to say for argument's sake, um, you know, so this uh so you know, SmackDown loses Survivor Series. They lose more matches than they win, so Raw comes out on top. Raw is the um you know, superior show coming out of Survivor Series. However, they decide to address it coming out of the event. Um like I would love when the rumble rolls rolls around, that Shane pulls his roster together and says, we're not going to be embarrassed on this pay-per-view. Like, Raw owned us at Survivor Series. We need to take this match. One of you guys needs to win this Rumble. Um, And that's kind of where I would like to see it continue, where these brands are kind of rivalries. And you brought up another good point, Dave. You know, when people talk about, well, I was on, you know, they are on Raw last year, and now they're on SmackDown. Why do they hate? It it happens all the time in sports. I mean, if there's, again, I'll use the analogy of, like, The Red Sox and the Yankees. Like, you're going to tell me that, like, I mean, pick whoever on on the Yankees, and he signs or gets traded to the Red Sox, and there's a bench-clearing brawl next season. He is (laughs) dead (laughs) to us. But, like, if there's a bench-clearing brawl, like, next year, he's fighting for his team. It doesn't matter that he – maybe he's not going to punch out his best friend, but he's running out of the dugout. He's going to defend his team. It happens all the time. So to, so to use that analogy, like, why would, he, why would they do that? It does make sense, and it does kind of uh, bring in that team camaraderie and that, that idea of, you know, they're representing their brand. And, you know, so there is that kind of sports feel to it and that team loyalty. And, and I get it on some levels, like, you could say it doesn't make sense. Like, but it, it happens, man. I mean, there are times where, you know, you could be on a team or a group, or it's almost like, like, think about your family. And you might, like, beat on, fun of, whatever, your younger siblings. But if someone else decides they're going to go after your sibling, oh, well, now we're banding together. Now we're going to kick some ass. It doesn't matter. And, and that's the thing. Like, you could be in a situation where, you know, there are guys, and I'll even use us being on the independent scene. There are guys that I, I worked with in certain companies that I didn't like. I really didn't like, but you know what? If, if there was a group that attacked us for real, like if we were really getting in a fight, I would have banded together with my team, with my guys and fought on their side. Um, you know, that's just, that's life. Uh, it, it's just kind of weird that like you wouldn't, that you can't conceptualize that, you know, that, that there are times where, you know, I mean, I we were in a bench throwing ball once on a softball team and, and, you know, you might think that your teammate is 100% wrong, and you still fight with them, though. Afterwards, you're like, Why, what the hell is wrong with you? But you fight on your team's side. So, I mean, maybe there's too many members of the IWC that have never played sports, and they don't get that, that rationale, that, that uh, like how that goes. But, yeah, like when you get in a fight, uh, you get in a brawl, anything, I mean, it's your family, pick whatever. Uh, when, when push comes to shove, you fight for your side. That's the way it happens. And I, I think they kind of tapped into that with the way they, they built for this. Again, my idea, though, is let's keep it. Like, let's keep going with their two separate brands. They don't like each other. Um, they, they, you know, they don't have conflicts all the time. The, the, the uh, invasion or the under siege and all that kind of garbage, like maybe that happens a little more when we get closer to Survivor Series. Um, Like I said, I would like to see moving forward there be some ramifications behind this. Um, I think, Dave, you brought up like maybe you get like if your brand wins, one of your guys will get number 30 in the Rumble. Uh, If you want to do like top draft pick, if you wind up winning the Rumble, you know, winning the Survivor Series, um, you know, there's things I think you could add to it to um, add a little gravity, add a little importance to it. And maybe that's something that happened down the road a piece. But I, I kind of would like to see these two brands, like you said, Dave, like there's no reason to keep them separate. There's, there's, no, there's no brand extension if they cross over too often. So I want it to be. I would love to see these shows continue to act like two separate brands that don't like each other, that are rivals, um, and, and have them kind of try to screw each other over at times when it works throughout the year. And then next year, if you keep it where these two brands don't like each other, next year when Survivor Series rolls around – it's just going to be that much more amazing, and that, that's where I think um, they need to go creatively. I'm really hoping that Survivor Series ends, and creative doesn't just go. all right, you know, now the brands love each other. Survivor Serie's over. we did a good setup for that now now the brands love each other. So remains to be seen. So many things to get into in this show, so many matches to to is the number to call. We got a lot to get into, and dare I say I'm going to pose this question right now. We're going to talk about it on the other side of the break. And I'm sorry if we all get swallowed up right now by the earth, if the earth just disintegrates before us, if the, if the world ends right now, I apologize because I am actually going to pose the question right now. Is the Miz the best in the business right now? We'll discuss after the break, but right now it is time for Dave's Pay-per-view throwback, Survivor Series edition, part one. Dave, take it away.
3: Class, thank you for joining me, as this pay-per-view throwback retrospective lesson plan is a very special one. Survivor Series is embarking on its 30th anniversary, with the 31st installment ready to commence this evening. And with an event so big, I felt it necessary that this lesson plan be divided into two parts. The first part is what I like to call a mixed bag as I'll cover some unique history behind the brand rivalry between Raw and SmackDown, along with a little background surrounding each match of tonight's Survivor Series. So without further ado, allow me to indulge you as we get right into part one of this lesson planned entitled Background Check. When WWE decided to split the roster into two brands, Raw and SmackDown, Survivor Series became the designated home for the battle of brand supremacy. The one time a year when Raw and SmackDown collide head-to-head but did you know back in 2009 wwe experimented with a pay-per-view centered around raw and smackdown matchups that's right it was called bragging rights the bragging rights event was a short-term experiment on the pay-per-view calendar that only lasted for two years at those two events we witnessed champions from both brands square off teams formed in the name of brand supremacy. And at a time when women's wrestling was not at the forefront of WWE, Raw and SmackDown divas shared the ring going head-to-head. For reasons unknown to me, the concept was curbed until last year, which brings me to this year's Survivor Series, an event littered with Raw and SmackDown rivalries looking to be settled. Allow me to disclose some of these past brand rivalries with the forgotten Big Four event upon us. Let me start with Raw's intercontinental champion, The Miz, squaring off against SmackDown Live's United States champion, Boren Corbin. On the subject of these mid-card champions facing off, Raw's intercontinental champion, The Miz, is no stranger to squaring off in a setting of this kind. As in 2009, he defended the honor of Monday Night Raw as its United States champion against former tag team partner and SmackDown's intercontinental champion, John Morrison. On that night, the Miz came out the victor and showed why John Morrison was always the Marty Jannetty of that tandem. Could a similar fate be in store for boring Corbin? Loads of potential and opportunities just seem to slip away. A failed Money in the Bank cash in earlier this year has slowed down the lone wolf. But does a victory over the Red Hot Miz raise his stock in WWE yet again? The Raw Tag Team Champions, The Bar, Sheamus, and Cesaro meet SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions, The Usos. These two teams are very familiar with one another as both The Usos and The Bar were the last two teams in last year's 10-on-10 Classic Survivor Series elimination match. The closing moments of that match between these two teams stood out as a moment for Tag Team Wrestling and WWE to shine. Their exchange with one another proved why Tag Team Wrestling in WWE is on the upswing thanks to these two tandems. I don't expect these two teams to disappoint at this year's event, and when all is said and done, the bar, pun completely intended, will have been indeed raised. Enzo Amore, he's gone through a transition during his time on the main roster, which includes him taking his talents, or lack thereof, to 205 Live as the Cruiserweight Champion. His challenge at Survivor Series is the upstart luchador, Calisto. Last year's Survivor Series event saw Kalisto come up short in winning the Cruiserweight title against the Brian Kendrick. But will the proverbial lightning strike twice for the Luchador this year? Let's move on to the ladies. As five of SmackDown's best will meet five of Monday Night Raw's premier female athletes. Representing Raw, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and main roster newcomer, Asuka. They meet SmackDown Live's Becky Lynch, Naomi, Tamina, Carmella, and Natalia. And for those of you history buffs out there Out of these ten women in this match Eight of them competed in last year's Female Classic Survivor Series Elimination match Both sides virtually identical to last year's teams With Asuka and Tamina being the fresh meat In this year's match Nonetheless, the women's evolution in WWE Has seen its fair share of peaks And valleys But this group of females have the potential To be the greatest female roster Assembled in history While on the subject of females, two ladies who were part of last year's women's five-on-five match will share the spotlight as Alexa Bliss will represent Raw as its women's champion to face the queen of the women's revolution and new SmackDown Live women's title holder, Charlotte Flair. Since the women have become highlighted more on WWE television, Charlotte has been portrayed as head and shoulders above all else, the measuring stick on the women's roster. But on the other side, Alexa Bliss has made her mark and proved her stock is worth investing in when it comes to women's wrestling in WWE. Alexa may have been the first to capture both brands' titles, but Charlotte, she's gone a step further, and she's the only woman in WWE history to win the NXT Women's Championship, the WWE Divas Championship, the WWE Raw Women's Championship, and the SmackDown Live Women's title, and in the span of three years. Very impressive, to say the least, and certainly fitting for the Queen. Two trios that have been staples of WWE storylines for almost five years collide in the modern era's dream match. As for the first time ever, the Shield take on the New Day. The Hounds of Justice made their main roster debut at the 2012 Survivor Series event. And that's about it when it comes to Survivor Series moments for them as a unit. The big dog Roman Reigns, on the other hand, he was the sole survivor for his team at the 2013 Survivor Series event, foreshadowing what was to come for the guy. New Day, on the other side, don't have much as, as much luck as a faction either when competing at the Fall Classic. But high-flying Kofi Kingston, he might have something to say about that as he holds a major Survivor Series victory in 2009 as he was the sole survivor for his team, stealing the deciding pinfall over Randy Orton. Now, here's the question which trio is going to stand atop the mountain as the greatest faction of this era, not all time, but of this era. One concept that didn't make the cut at either of the bragging rights events in 2009 and 2010 were the battle of the heavyweight champions. These, those two titles were respectfully defended at both events. However, tonight at survivor series for the first time since the draft in 2016, Raw's reigning undisputed universal champion Brock Lesnar will meet the new WWE champion from SmackDown Live, the phenomenal AJ Styles. A classic David versus Goliath affair is upon us, with fans clamoring for this matchup since Styles entered WWE in early 2016. Heading into this match, the most intriguing aspect of this matchup from a statistical standpoint for me personally is that Brock Lesnar has never won a match in Survivor Series history. In 2002, Brock suffered his first pinfall defeat to the Big Show for the WWE Championship with a little bit of help from his advocate, Paul Heyman. In 2003, Brock captained a Survivor Series team and came up short in victory as he tapped out to Chris Benoit's Crippler crossface. And rounding out Brock's Survivor Series pity party brings us to last year, 2016. The mega match that came to life when Goldberg shocked the world and toppled the Beast in 1 minute 26 seconds. AJ Styles' only Survivor Series appearance came last year as the captain of SmackDown Live's classic Survivor Series team. He didn't make it out of the match with the victory that night. However, can his momentum turn his way and capitalize on Brock's Survivor Series losing streak? Now another bragging rights concept that didn't make the cut for Survivor Series was the overloaded Raw versus SmackDown tag team affairs with the bragging rights trophy up for grabs. In 2009, Raw and SmackDown formed teams of seven to square off in a one-fall tag team matchup. Representing Raw that year, DX's Triple H and HBK, along with Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, Big Show, Cody Rhodes, and Mark Henry. SmackDown, they had a formidable unit with Chris Jericho, Kane, Finley, the Hart dynasties, Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith, R-Truth, and Matt Hardy. On that night, SmackDown, they reigned supreme as Big Show turned on his Raw teammates, allowing Team Blue to pick up the W. Big Show would add another turn of sorts to his resume in 2014 that I'll cover in Part 2's lesson plan. The following year in 2010, SmackDown did it again as Edge, Rey Mysterio, Big Show, ironically, Jack Swagger, Alberto Del Rio, Tyler Rex, and Kofi Kingston defeated Team Raw, represented by The Miz, CM Punk, Sheamus, Santino Morella, Ezekiel Jackson, R-Truth, and John Morrison. Judging by those previous encounters, it seems that brand supremacy leans in the favor of SmackDown. Does that ring true heading into tonight's main events? Which brings me to the all-star classic Survivor Series 5-on-5 elimination match between Raw and SmackDown. Raw's team is comprised of captain and general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle. He'll be joined by Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, and the newest addition, the game, Triple H. SmackDown Live's team consists of captain and SmackDown Live commissioner, Shane McMahon. The glorious one, Bobby Roode. The viper, Randy Orton. The artist. The artist shinsuke nakamura and john cena loads of survivor series elimination match history fills out this matchup on smackdown live cena orton and Shane O'Mack have participated in a combined 13 survivor series elimination matches out of those 13 matches eight of those matches were victories with those three on the winning team out of those eight victories orton holds the record for being one of if not the only surviving member of the winning team 2003 2004, 2005, 2008, and 2016. John Cena, he was one of the remaining few from his winning teams in 2003, 2004, and 2006. Over on the Raw side, Triple H, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman are the only members of their team with classic Survivor Series elimination match experience. From those three, they've collectively participated in eight traditional Survivor Series tag team matches. Out of those eight matches. Collectively, they've only won three traditional Survivor Series matches, with Triple H being the only member of this team to have remained in the match as a part of a winning team. Of the four Survivor Series virgins, Samoa Joe, Nakamura, Finn Balor, and Bobby Roode, all four have held the NXT Heavyweight title, with Joe and Nakamura being the only two-time NXT Heavyweight champions. Now with those statistics on the table, my next point brings me to Triple H. His absence from WWE storylines begs the question as to what his character has in store for this match. What are Triple H's intentions? Why does he want to help out Team Raw? SmackDown Live, they got some questions of their own as two major players on the Blue brand are left off the Survivor Series card Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Where do they stand despite their position sitting on the bench? Going over these prospects in my mind regarding this match There only seems to be one word that comes to mind When discussing this match And that's screwjob A term that is loosely familiar With Survivor Series history Which brings this portion of the lesson plan to a close Check back with me later As I go deeper into Survivor Series history And discuss why Survivor Series And screwjob have become as common As peanut butter and jelly And why I'm not referring to the Montreal Screwjob Of 1997 Class dismissed
2: Great stuff. Thanks, Dave. Love love that stroll down history lane when we talk about our pay per views and everything. Um, but let's get into it and I kinda teased it. I did tease it beforehand. Again, if we all get swallowed up, if this is one of the signs of the apocalypse, I'll apologize. But I think the question is is worth that now, I will say this, and this is the thing that I, I can't stand when I talk to other wrestling fans, and it's like, Will you admit now that you're wrong about the Miz? Hell no. I wasn't wrong. He did suck, and I will stand by that. For years, he sucked and was taking up space on WWE programming with bad characters, bad promos, and really goddamn bad figure four leg locks. Okay, so I'm going to start there that I'm not saying that I was wrong about The miss. I am saying that I admire him now because he's doing some great work. And I think it's worth asking, like when you look at Raw, and let's face it, we talk about brands, we talk about which is better, and honestly, we've looked at SmackDown and since the brand extension, episode for episode, SmackDown has probably been a better wrestling show than Raw has been. However, you can't change the fact that Raw is the show. Raw is the A show when it comes to WWE, their business, their, their business model, whatever you want, however you want to term it. Um, Raw is the A show You have a champion who's, Who heads up your brand Who is an absentee champion Brock Lesnar is not on every week And, and I, to me, I think you can do that I don't mind necessarily having a champ That is only there part-time Because I think it adds uh, uh, It makes it a little more special I go back to growing up in the 80s Hogan, seeing Hogan wrestle was special because you didn't see it every week. Once the WWE gave us weekly live programming, you saw the champion every week. Honestly, it could get stale after time. And that's why I think we went through that era of champions, you know, championships changing hands so often. Um, I kind of dig the whole, we don't see the champion every week. But to do that, someone needs to kind of take the ball. And again, when we grew up, the ic championship was prestigious um it was the working man's title and and to me i think the Miz has become that guy that Miz is really the guy that's holding down for the wwe he's now granted he's a mid-card guy and we on the show i think we're all in agreement like there's no shame in being a mid-card guy some all-time greats were just mid-carders in the wwe uh some guys you know I mean, throw them out there, Ricky Steamboat. You know, guys that were like mid-card guys, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Tito Santana. You know, Hall of Famers that really peaked in the mid-card in the WWE, um, but still are all-time great. So I don't. I I'm the type. I don't look at a guy and say, oh, he's great. He needs to be elevated. I'm fine. Entertain me where you are on the roster. Um, I think Miz is, is amazing right now. Um, everything wow. he does um, matters. Uh, every promo matters. Uh, he wrestles a style that keeps him healthy. Um, you you want to say that it's boring? You want to say, as I'm talking right now and saying, is the Miz the best in the business? You're gonna be like, oh my god, no! There's so many better wrestlers. Yeah, I'm not saying that necessarily he's a, the best like in ring worker per se, but he works a style that fits his character. Um, he tells a story when he's in the ring. I don't give a shit about like a hundred thousand fifty two dollars that don't matter. You know, you want to tell me Finn Balor's a better worker? Fine. You're going to tell me that Finn Balor matters more on Raw than, than uh, Miz does? He doesn't. His character's not, not over like Miz's character is. And I guarantee you, you want to put Finn Balor over, put him in a program with the Miz, and that'll get him over. Miz's the guy right now that you could feed anybody to, feed any face to. Put me in the ring with the Miz, and I'll get a pop from the Raw audience because of what Miz is doing as a heel. He's doing some phenomenal work and, and when I look at what Miz is doing and, and you can talk to me about Kenny Omega outside of the WWE, you wanna throw other names at me, that's fine. And if if you got a problem with it, give us a call, three four seven, eight, three eight, nine eight one five. But when I talk about best in the business, I talk about a guy who is in the biggest wrestling company on the planet who might be doing the best work. Um, you know, skill set wise, is he the best talker? I mean, you gotta look at Bray Wyatt. But I don't think Bray Wyatt's being used effectively right now. So when you take everything into consideration, which is insane that I'm saying this, but I think Miz has got to be a guy that you look at and say, could he be the best in the business right now? He's to me everything he does is working. Um, he, you know, he, he's making guys relevant. He's he's cutting great promos. He's a coward when he needs to be a coward. He's in your face when he needs to be in your face. Um, When you look at tonight's matchup, is he going to help Baron Corbin? I think he helped Baron Corbin calling him out uh, as far as, I mean, this is probably the most interest anyone has had in Baron Corbin in forever. Um, You know, it's a shame, honestly, with all the great work the Miz is doing that this is kind of a one-time deal that you can't have the Miz continue with Baron Corbin and maybe help him gain some relevance. Um, But I I don't know. Am I wrong? Is it hyperbole? Am I out of my mind? Could the world be ending right now? But is he, is the Miz right now in the conversation as far as when you look at everything, when you look at what he's doing in the ring, what he's doing to put other guys over, what he's doing as far as his promo work, everything around, with no disrespect to guys like AJ Styles. Um, But if I'm looking to make somebody right now, if I'm looking to create a star, I'm going to put him in a program against the Miz. And That to me is that's that's what wrestling is all about. Like when I look at Miz right now, Miz is the guy that if I'm starting a wrestling company, I want the Miz because he's going to help me build other guys. So I'm going to throw it out there to you guys, and maybe it's short list, maybe it's hyperbole, maybe I'm out of my mind, but I'll throw it to you, Rock. Like, is it worth considering? Have we reached a point? Is the world going to end? Is is the Miz the best in the business right now?
1: Uh, I I just want to say that after that assessment. Uh, the sixth seal has unlocked. Uh, I think I think we get the fiery mountain if you all of a sudden slip on some legit boss rings and declare yourself a Sasha Banks fan. Then I think forget about it. Uh, I'm I'm kissing my behind goodbye. But to, to your point, Miz <laughs> is absolutely gold right now. I don't think there's anyone, uh, you know, wrestling fan, IWC. Uh, you can't argue that the guy is doing great things in the WWE. He is being the quintessential mid-card heel. He is absolutely holding that program down and I am in perfect synchronization with you when you say feed him anyone. And give me the most boring guy on your roster and put him in a program the Miz. all of a sudden he will be relevant. You know, whether he stays that way it's going to be up to him. But while you are against the Miz you are going to be an interesting character. And, you know, add add him to that list. Add him to the the litany of of mid-card guys. Heck, you know, Mr. Perfect, Uh, you know, a a quintessential worker. No one can deny his work in the ring, his work on the mic, but a mid-carder. And as we've had this conversation before, Ken, in my opinion, the mid-card is where your bread and butter is. It's It's where you make new fans. You you have the beginning of your card that, you know, maybe you're uh, either you're A, more exciting guys, or B, just your guys starting out, but it's your mid-card. It's the quality of your mid-card that's really going to dictate if you're going to stay afloat or if you're going to sink. And I am right there with you, Ken, as far as, uh, you know, higher up on the card. With someone uh, uh, the caliber of Brock Lesnar, do I see him every week? No, I don't need to see him every week. I, you know, I liken it to old you know, gladiatorial days. You had the gladiators; they got only so far. You had to be really good to get to the end and see who you had to fight at the end. So you know, the end guy was going to be, you know, some monster. But you know, I digress. Going back to to the original question: Is The Miz doing his best work right now? Is could you argue that he is the best in the business right now i would say you could make a fair argument that at this point in time you know the miz is at the very at the very least in that top 5 of people doing things in the wrestling scene today he is really doing some of his best work yeah i mean it's just
2: it's insane to me it really is insane that i'm i'm talking like this and and i and i have i have the utmost and admiration and again I'm not going to admit to being wrong I think I was right about the Miz but I have a lot of admiration for guys in, in any walk <laughs> of life who are who take their craft seriously enough to continue to get better and improve in, in what they're doing and that, that's something that you know I admire in, in any walk of life you know that you still um, and, and Miz has been in the business for a long time Um, and something finally clicked with him, but that's, he's a man that, that took his craft seriously and and decided I'm, I'm going to be better at this and and finally hit upon a character, uh, that really works. And it continues to, to improve and enhance his game. And I admire the hell out of that. Um, you know, it's just, it's incredible to think about, you know, what he's done, because to me the WWE and raw, and we've had our criticisms on raw, but, um, they could only do what they're doing with a part-time champion, having a guy like Miz holding it down. Uh, you don't necessarily miss Brock being there every week because you had like it, it. It's borderline, like, and it's been years that the the IC title has been elevated to a point where, uh, yes, that could be the focal point of Raw. Like, it's okay if if the the IC title is the focal point of Raw when Brock isn't there. It makes sense. It's a Borderline, it's a you know almost your your B main event, but it's it's skating that that area of like your main event with the IC title. The IC title is, is worth main eventing on Raw. We don't need the the Universal Champion every week because we got the IC title. And we've talked a lot on the show over the years on mid card championships and where they're at and how they're being used. And this is the first time for me in a long time that that IC title is really. Really, kind of right there with with the universal title, with the heavyweight title, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's pretty amazing what what he's done. And again, it's a shame that maybe Baron Corbin will be relevant for I don't know a few hours more, and then he'll go back To irrelevancy once Survivor Series is over. Um, but Dave, I, I want you to chime in. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of beside myself that I actually I'm at a point now where I watch Monday Night Raw, and I'm looking forward. To Miz segments and and what he's going to do and what he's going to say, I'm I'm digging everything he's doing right now. I'll make a couple of points here. Number one,
3: the Rock's opening statement, yes, it's true. If you become a Sasha Banks B- Banks fan, then this world's going
2: straight <laughs> to hell.
3: All right, but in the meantime, we're just we're we're kind of a blip on the radar after that after your your statement. Um. I think the Intercontinental Championship has been elevated to the point where it's the best it's been probably since early days of the Attitude Era when The Rock and Triple H were going back and forth for that title. I think after that Hi. point, the Intercontinental title took a took a big dip. And you saw flashes of brilliance, but you didn't see any consistency with it. In the past couple of years, since Miz has been basically the the – the owner of that championship for the most part in storyline, that title has had major relevance and has definitely been elevated to places it hasn't been in quite a while. Um, that's that point. The point you made about is the Miz the best in the business right now? I could agree with you if you guys wanted to make a statement and, and make an argument that he could be the best with everything that he's doing. Um, and you make, you, you both of you make some fair points. Me personally, I don't think he's the best. But I think he's in a conversation of, like like Rock said, top five, maybe even top ten of guys in 2017 that are really making a mark on the industry. Um, his promos are good. He's, he, here's, here's how, I, here, here's how I, uh, I can just break this down for you real quick. The Miz is today's version of Tito Santana. He's a utility player. You put him in any position, in any, in any uh, creative situation whatsoever, and it's going to work. OK, it, it, it's going to work. Tito Santana was the guy for the company for a long time, for many, many years. You put him wherever in a tag team, in a single. He was he, as a fill-in guy wherever. And it worked. And he had credibility. And he was respected by, his, by, the, by the fans and his peers across the board. I think Miz has that. I, I think, like you said, Ken, the absence of Brock with Miz doing the work that he's doing, people don't miss Brock as much. And, and, and that shows how good Miz is and what he's done as to evolve his character over time. Um, and that's how I look at the Miz today. I don't see this as a one-off or a step down with Baron Corbin. I see that, see his association with Corbin, hopefully to help Corbin. Um, what I look forward to with this match with Baron Corbin tonight, straight up, and I'll, I'll give you my, that's wrong the subject. I'll give you my pick. What I look forward to is the fact two have been going at it on social media, the things that they've been saying, and Miz has been basically owning him on the microphone. So I'm kind of looking forward to hearing the pop that Miz is going to get when he comes out to the ring. And hopefully he cuts a promo and tears Baron Corbin and his receding hairline to shreds. My pick for tonight's match, the Miz all the way. He's red hot. We're talking about how, how good he's been. I can't see him losing tonight to a guy who's got no momentum. And I, can't, I think it would just be a step down. It would, it would make Miz look silly. Corbin's got to do something to get out of his rut, and Miz is not the guy for that, in my opinion.
2: Interesting. I mean, hopefully, though, like like what you said, hopefully we never see the matador Mike (laughs) Mazarian. Arima! Well, interesting that you said because I, I'm actually like we'll, we'll get. I want to hit those picks. I'm glad you kind of went there. I'm I'm going to go in the other direction. I am going to go in the direction that for whatever reason the company seems to be high on Baron Corbin and they want to do something with him. Miz can survive this loss. Maybe we get a DQ. Maybe we get some sort of funky finish. This is a real, I mean, this is a pay per view. I, I want to put this out there before. I mean, I kind of alluded to my pick is, but I'm going to pick Baron Corbin to win this match. But this is a really interesting pay-per-view because it's brand versus brand. And a lot of this is not going to continue going forward. It makes it really difficult to throw out those picks and how exactly this is it going to happen. And if they continue Corbin and Miz, how are they going to do it? What's going to happen going forward? Um, you know, is someone going to jump brands at some point? Um, you know, is it just going to be a, a one-off? Um, To me, because of the great work that Miz is doing, Miz can survive this loss. Um, Miz is a consummate heel. Um, I do think you bring up a really good point, Dave. Like, where do they go with the crowd reaction? You got two heels. The crowd's going to pop for Miz. Um, What do they do with the Baron Corbin character going forward? What do they do with the Miz character going forward? All really intriguing stuff. And and one of the the matches I'm really looking forward to as far as how they're going to handle this and how they're going to handle the crowd reactions. Um, but I'm going to go with Baron Corbin I think Corbin needs this I will say this If Corbin loses tonight I think Corbin's going to lose that U.S. title soon And this time next year We may very well be talking about Baron Corbin's future endeavors. Um I don't know where he goes After losing to the Miz But I'm going to say maybe a funky finish Maybe a DQ in some way, shape, or form But I'm going to say Baron Corbin Actually is victorious in this matchup
1: um, You both bring up. A- very good points, uh, uh, you know, either way. And one of the things I'm loving about Survivor Series is you really can make an argument for both sides. It's a clash between brands, so you know these programs aren't going to continue. So this makes picking for this pay-per-view very, very interesting, and I'm psyched for it. Uh, as far as this match goes, I am going to agree with Ken. I think you're going to see uh, a DQ finish. I don't think it's going to be a clean finish, but I think Mary's going to get it by DQ because like Ken said, uh, right now the Miz is doing his best work and he can most assuredly weather the loss. If he loses by DQ, then he just continues his, you know, I'm a heel persona uh, and I'm just, I'm just cheating. So, you know, I don't think you, you're going to lose anything by a, a DQ loss for either side of the table. I think it will elevate Corbin somewhat as to, you know, he'll go back and say, look, I did my job, I beat my guy, and everyone will laugh at him and say, no, he got DQ, shut up. And he'll feed back into irrelevancy, but that's, uh, that's a whole other story. The end of it, Baron Corbin wins by DQ.
2: Yes. <laughs> I had a little technical difficulties there for a minute. But anyway, um, yeah, so two to one, like two for Corbin. This might be the only time, like, anybody ever picks Corbin on this show. That's a very good point. But, but it, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because, again, I, I do think that if, if Miz wins, then, like, I have no interest in Corbin. Like, I mean, fire him tomorrow if, if he, um, you know, I don't know what to do with him, um, and that's kind of why I picked Corbin. Um you know, but who knows if the company's like soured on him, and you know maybe he loses to Miz, and you know he goes the other direction. One thing I did think of actually while you were talking, I wouldn't be surprised if we have something where, you know, maybe a member of the Miz Taraj tries to interfere, and Miz want, like Miz takes a shot from somebody, or there's like a screw up somewhere where someone from the Miz Taraj uh, hurts Miz instead of Corbin. And you get a roll up uh, off of that, something like that, a surprise victory, and maybe that sets up some conflict in in the Miz once they go back to Raw. Uh, remains to be seen. I mean, there's so many ways, and, and again, I find this pay per view really difficult to pick um, because a lot of these you can make the case are just it's a pay per view full of blow off matches. Um, you know, nothing's going to continue afterwards because they're going to go back to their separate brands. But we are going to try. We're going to get those picks in: two picks for Corbin, one pick for the Miz. We're going to get into all the rest of the picks after this break but it is time now for part part two in dave's pay-per-view throwback survivor series edition dave take it away
3: welcome back class thanks for joining me in the second part of this survivor series lesson plan we left off lesson plan number one with a little bit of foreshadowing as i dropped the famous term that becomes loosely associated with survivor series and that's as many of you may or may not know, a certain screwjob took place in Montreal in 1997 involving WWE Chairman Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, and the self-proclaimed victim, Brett the Hitman Hart. Now, I'm sure you are all aware as to how those unfortunate circumstances transpired, but allow me to deliver the cliff notes, if you will. Bret Hart, he was the WWF champion contract with the company was coming to an end his bitter his bitter behind the scenes rivalry with Shawn michaels coupled with creative differences with vince mcmahon forced the chairman to pull a fast one on the hitman as life imitated art for the entire world to see and the montreal screw job well that became a thing a thing that turned 20 years old earlier this month a thing that still holds true to this day as the single most controversial moment in wrestling history a thing that has influenced wrestling fans to overanalyze and dissect the genuine presentation as that is being portrayed in front of us. The virtual firestarter of the Attitude Era and the birth of the Mr. McMahon character. All of these events spawned from this single controversial moment that as Survivor Series history came to be in the years that followed, Survivor Series intentionally and unintentionally became the night where someone, well they were just going to get screwed. So allow me to indulge you with a series of screw jobs that have transpired in the history of Survivor Series events when I present to you part two of this pay-per-view throwback entitled Screwed. Vince McMahon coined the phrase Brett Screwed Brett, but following that statement years to follow, Vince certainly mastered the art of screwing with his performers at the Fall Classic. McMahon capitalized on the popularity of his famous Montreal screwing At the next two Survivor Series WWE Championship matches First, in 1998, Vinny Mack recreated his 97 screwing In the finals of the WWF title tournament As he instructed the timekeeper to ring the bell As The Rock had mankind locked in the sharpshooter of all moves Deja vu all over again And The Rock went from being the people's champ To the corporate champ With a little bit of help from the McMahon family. The following year, Vince had to step up his game in the, in the screw job department as he appointed himself the guest referee in the WWF Championship Triple Threat match, pitting champion Triple H, defending that title against The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. On this night, however, Austin's character was taken out of the title picture via a vehicular assault, resulting in The Big Show replacing him for that matchup. McMahon had his suspicions about Triple H and DX's involvement in the hit-and-run attack, which made Vince's role as referee even more volatile. Despite Vince's limited activity as the special referee, he made sure he didn't leave without giving Triple H a parting gift as he nailed the championship title to the cranium of the game, resulting in Big Show's chokeslam for good measure and your new World Wrestling Federation champion. A trend was beginning to take shape at the Fall Classic, which left many to wonder just who or how someone's going to get screwed out of a big match opportunity. Fast forward two years later, and McMahon's company was up for grabs in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match as the Alliance, comprised of WCW and ECW talent, were looking to rid the industry of the World Wrestling Federation. With all the marbles up for grabs, Vince had to pull out all the stops to keep his company intact. On this night, he enlisted an Alliance member and future WWE Hall of Famer, kurt angle as his help when angle jumped ship back to the wwf nailing wwf champion and alliance leader stone cold steve austin with the same title he possessed and helped to keep the company atop the mountain of professional wrestling mcmahon wasn't done yet as he helped orchestrate another survivor series screw job in 2003 the odds stacked against him yet again in a buried alive match against the undertaker Vinnie Mack managed to enlist the help in the form of Taker's younger brother, Kane. As the dead man was looking to finally bury Vince alive after bloodying and battering him from pillar to post, Kane made a surprise appearance, taking out his brother and burying the American badass for good. Earlier that evening, McMahon's greatest foe, Stone Cold Steve Austin, was on the wrong end of a major league screw job from another foe of Mr. McMahon's, Bischoff. Austin and Bischoff formed teams for traditional Survivor Series action with five men doing the bidding for both of them. The job as Raw General Manager was at stake in this highly anticipated matchup. Team Austin consisted of the Dudley Boys, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Team Bischoff comprised of Chris Jericho, Christian, Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, Mark Henry, and Randy Orton. The matchup? was a back-and-forth affair, with eliminations coming out of nowhere until Team Bischoff gained the upper hand with a three-to-one-man advantage. The lone soldier on Team Austin was none other than the heartbreak kid. Team Bischoff had Jericho, Christian, and Orton left. and With a bloody and battered Shawn Michaels left for Team Bischoff to pick apart, the favorite son of San Antonio pulled out all the stops to eliminate Jericho and Christian and give Austin a fighting chance to keep his job as Raw General Manager. In the closing moments of this match, chaos ensued as Bischoff and Austin made their presence felt in the matchup while the referee was incapacitated. Excuse me. With the stakes virtually at an all-time high, the air out of the arena was taken from the sold-out crowd when Batista from Evolution ran in through the crowd and leveled Michaels with a Batista bomb, giving Team Bischoff the victory. It seems after this night, the screwjob concept took a break from Survivor Series for a few years. In 2007, though, Batista and The Undertaker waged war inside Hell in the Cell. In one of their classic battles, many fans felt that this underappreciated rivalry would hopefully come to an end. The brutality that is Hell in the Cell would have ensured that. But Edge, he had something to say about that, as he made his presence felt inside the demonic structure, dressed as a cameraman, and making sure that The Undertaker left Survivor Series not only a broken man, but without the World Heavyweight Championship. The following year, Edge continued this trend in surprising fashion. The original WWE title match was scheduled to take place under triple threat rules. Champion Triple H defending the gold against Jeff Hardy and Vladimir Kozlov. Before the match, though, Jeff Hardy, he's found unconscious inside the stairwell of the TD Garden. By bell time, the match changed to a straight-up singles affair, where Kozlov and the game put a hurtin' on one another. That is until SmackDown general manager Vicky Guerrero made a startling announcement that he's here. Now, just who was she referring to? The familiar sound of, on this day,
0: I see clearly,
3: rang through the arena, and the sight of a blind and abound and determined rated R superstar up the stakes in this championship match. With no disqualifications and no countouts. Edge pounced on both competitors with the title in his sights moments later the injured jeff hardy made a surprise appearance looking to take out the ultimate opportunist with a steel chair but edge he managed to lure hardy into a trap causing the charismatic enigma to swing for the fences but instead nail the game with a cold hard steel resulting in a rated r victory and new wwe champion edge in more recent years any form of a screw job at survivor series was was looked at as a jab to the most infamous screwjob in history from 97. But in 2014 at Survivor Series, this particular screwjob was legendary, to say the least. The Authority was looking to run roughshod over WWE, and doing a very good job of it, I might add. When Mr. Hustle, loyalty, and respect himself, John Cena had something to say about that. The power struggle between both sides eventually led to the main event at the 2014 Survivor Series event in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match, with Team Cena represented by John Cena himself, Eric Rowan, The Big Show, Ryback, and Dolph Ziggler Tangling with the authority represented by Seth Rollins, Kane, Mark Henry, Rusev, and Luke Harper The stakes were as high as virtually everyone in this match had something to lose If Team Cena lost, then everyone on Cena's team, with the exception of him, were out of a job If the authority lost, then they were no longer in power of the day-to-day wrestling operations in WWE As the norm, both sides brought the big guns, firing off eliminations at a steady pace in this match. However, at a moment's notice, Big Show decided that his future was more important than his team when he knocked out John Cena, resulting in Cena's elimination. Show left the match, resulting in his countout. By that point, Dolph Ziggler was left all alone to fend for himself. One by one, Rollins, Harper, and Kane picked apart the show off leading many to believe that Team Cena was out of a job in WWE. But, as their cockiness showed, so did Ziggler's heart, and one by one, Dolph pulled off stunning eliminations over Kane and Harper, leaving Rollins left to do Triple H's dirty work. With referees knocked out and unsuccessful attempts to put Ziggler out to pasture, the lights began to flicker, and the familiar sounds of a crow rang through the Scott Trade Center in St. Louis, and out from the shadows emerged WCW legend Sting. Setting foot inside a WWE arena and making his debut on pay-per-view was a sight to witness. The building was roaring as Sting made his way towards Triple H. The picture-perfect flashbulb moment commenced in the middle of the ring with the crowd chanting, this is awesome. A sudden right hand by the game to no avail left Sting with no choice but to put the leader of the authority down for good. Sting then grabbed a prone Ziggler over to cover Rollins, and before you knew it, authority were out of power in wwe personally for me screw job finishes are only good when necessary and executed properly they tend to become watered down but in this case stings wwe debut this was a great way to not only introduce him to wwe storylines great way to cap off a phenomenal main event in closing i normally don't approve of screw jobs in professional wrestling but when i do i make sure it's at survivor series stay screwed
2: my friends class dismissed Good stuff, thanks, Dave. As we get you set, we are in the home stretch, so let's get into our picks. All right, let's. Why don't we all pick the match that nobody cares about? Uh, yeah, Enzo Amore is going to be Callisto. Dave,
3: <laughs> you stole my you stole my thunder for me. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. It's a it's a purple belt. <laughs> nobody cares. <It's> Enzo, Callisto <laughs> is like Rey Mysterio 4.0. He, he's not that great either. Enzo wins.
1: And wrong. Well, I guess I will forego my normal analysis, and uh, I will agree. I think Enzo's going to take it. He's probably the more interesting one of the two. Hey, there and you there you go.
2: That's how you catch up when you're running behind on picks. Like, alright. So, Enzo More victorious, retaining that WWE uh, Cruiserweight Championship. And let's get into the matches that... Uh, we want to dissect and, and look at and there's, and there's so many good ones. I, I, I actually want to start, and, and Dave, I'm curious because you would probably know better as far as the rules go. Um, but I'm going to look at we're going to look at the five on five Survivor Series elimination match, and what I find intriguing now could Carmella conceivably cash in on either woman tonight? Could she cash in? Could she like the matchup between Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair just be such a knockdown? Drag out fight that Alexa Bliss is laid out in the ring and Carmella decides to cash in on the Raw ladies champion? Or is there rules? Like, I don't know. Like, what are the rules? Are there rules, Dave? Could she cash in on either? I know years ago, like, it could be who are they going to cash in on Uh, since the brand split. I'm not 100% sure. Um, But I think that would be something that could be intriguing. So maybe you could add some clarification because you keep up on this stuff. Is there a rule there, Dave? Or could we have a cash in on either champion? Well, in professional
3: wrestling, there's always rules. You just ask the IWC; they tell you every single day. Um, <laughs> but oh, they'll have no problem telling you what the rules are. They probably even told you they invented the rules. But nonetheless, um, as far as this money in the bank briefcase in particular, the pay per view where the money in the bank—excuse Be- me, money in the bank briefcase was held—was a SmackDown exclusive pay per view. So one would tend to guess that. The briefcase that she possesses only goes towards a SmackDown women's championship opportunity. However, they have a tendency to kind of pigeonhole themselves creatively and not really give you all the rules and, and, and the theories and thoughts and ideas behind certain concepts. So it wouldn't shock me if Carmella were to, cash in and somehow end up with Alexa Bliss's championship. I mean, we've seen stranger things in WWE. I mean, you know, Mojo Raleigh's still employed, so that's one of them. But nonetheless, I I, I don't know if we will – I honestly really don't know if we would see something like that. But it would not surprise me in the least bit if they did that. And then – Creatively, they got to back themselves into a corner and come up with a really good explanation for for the IWC to approve of it. Because if they don't, then, you know, those guys, they'll never watch again until next
2: week. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Um, yeah, when I look at this matchup and, well, like, look at the picks, um, you know, it's interesting. When I look at Team Raw, and and I'm a fan of Alicia Fox, again, I think Alicia Fox is one of those underrated females, got a good grasp of the character. Um, no, you're not an amazing worker But a good worker, good look um, I, I find, Again, we talk about Sasha Banks and, and now I guess she's become, you know, Mrs. Miz uh, As far as, like, not one of my favorites But, you know I, I just with Sasha I don't see that evolution I don't see that progress I, I, just, I, I liked her when she first came in And now she kind of bores me um, But when I look at Team Raw I, I'm curious, like, what sort of crazy shit Alicia Fox is going to do in this matchup She's a complete wackadoo, and I love it. I, I just find her very entertaining. In fact, when you look at, like, wrestling in years past, when you have, like, certain guys are usually labeled, like, comic relief, I, I think Alicia Fox kind of fits that bill nicely. I, I just dig what she's doing. Um, I think in this matchup, I think Team Raw is going to emerge victorious. And, and the, one, the one major reason why I look at Team Raw coming out of this on top is, is Asuka. I just don't think it's it's necessarily the time for her pinned her to lose anything. Uh, she's somebody they want to continue to build as someone who is dominant, um, and this is not the time for her to to eat a pin. So when I when I look at this matchup, I look at you know she's someone that can't lose as far as and and it's difficult for me to pick all these matches. Um, so I am purely hanging my hat. Um, on the Oscar factor, I think she's someone that can't lose right now. It's not time for her to lose. Uh, she's being built as a dominant star on the main roster. So that being said, she might be the sole survivor. Um, but I think because she's on that team, I think Team Raw is going to wind up emerging victorious
1: in this ladies matchup. Um. This is going to be a good match. Uh I'm looking forward to it. I think you have a lot of personalities uh and it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. But uh that all being said, I am going to agree with you Ken. Uh not for the point you bring up although you brought up a great point with uh, Asuka. but uh looking at the teams on their face, you know, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, Natalia. Um out of all of those uh of all those ladies I think they can weather a loss. Tamina is maybe the only X factor. I don't know what the heck they're doing with Tamina. I hope she's getting better because I, you know I'm really I'm still holding hope for uh, great things from Tamina. You know Natalia is just coming off a, a, a title run. Naomi, Becky, you know out of all of them, Carmella can definitely weather weather a loss because I'll I'll go more into Carmella later. But you know she has that briefcase and that briefcase is instant instant opportunity. So I definitely think you gain more from having Team Raw get the victory for the ladies' match this time. What do you think, Dave? Well,
3: before I get into my pick, I don't know if you guys remember, but when we did last year's Survivor Series show, we kind of upped the stakes a little bit in our picks when it came to the classic Survivor Series elimination matches.
0: Do
2: you gentlemen remember? Now that you're saying it, I kind of have a vague recollection, but, like, yeah, no, I didn't remember before that. So what we did was
3: we would pick the winning team and then we would pick who the survivors of the winning team would be. And if we got the pick of the winning team, right, you earned a point. But if we got the picks of the winning survivor, each individually, you would get a point. If that person didn't survive, you lost a point. So my question to both of you is, would you like to go about that route yet again for the women and men's brand Survivor Series matches?
2: Sure, why not? Um, so, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly, I'm just going to go with uh, Team Raw, and I'm going to go with the Lone Survivor. I'm going to say Asuka winds up being the Lone Survivor.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm going to mirror that pick a little bit. I'm going to say Asuka, but I'm also going to add Nia Jax. Uh, I, I realize that she has an op- uh, opposing force in Tamina, but I think Nia is also going to be one of the survivors. Right, and, I'm not go-
3: and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna bullshit you. Cut the mustard real quick here. I'm gonna do the same thing that you're doing, Rock. I'm gonna choose the Raw Women. Actually, no, I'm sorry, Ken. I'm gonna choose the Raw Women, and Asuka is gonna be the lone survivor
2: from the women's Survivor Series team. Interesting stuff. So there we have it, like another triple threat, Enzo and the ladies. Why don't we stick with the ladies? Because I'm really curious, like this this ladies matchup between Alexa Bliss and and Charlotte Flair, um, wow, it's it's just really interesting to me because uh, at first glance, I think you look at it, it's like Charlotte Flair, easy. But I've learned uh, with many, many bad picks, not to pick against Alexa Bliss, and that, that's what's intriguing to me when you look at this matchup, you know, where do they go with it? And, and that all being said, uh, I'm not going to pick first this time because I'm, I'm still thinking about it, um, but Alexa's just been such a, such a talent. Um, and, and, again, another person that when I can go back to Mrs. Miz, Sasha Banks, um, Alexa Bliss is someone who I don't know if I would have pegged her as someone as a star. I don't know if I would have looked at her when she joined the main roster as someone who definitely could hold it down and be, you know, the ladies' champion for a chunk of time and really hold it down and not be someone that, like, I'll get the belt off offer on someone better. Um, She's evolved. She has gotten better over time. She continues to get better, and I admire that, aside from being a a cutie. I admire that from Alexa Bliss as far as her talent level. She continues to get better, and she's not someone to – Flippantly bet against She continues to to get better at her craft And she's going to make this match This is going to be a very entertaining matchup So Rock what do you think What comes out of this match as far as The Raw champion Alexa Bliss Versus Smackdown's Charlotte Flair
1: Well you you bring up A couple of good points Ken Uh, It's never good to bet against Bliss Then again Charlotte Flair uh, With the title on the line And she just picked it up but here's where I see this, because this, this to me, is going to be the, one of the more interesting matches, because I'm going to say it here, I think there's going to be a cash-in tonight. I think, I think it makes this match that much more interesting, and I think you're going to see Charlotte, Charlotte Flair is going to pick up the victory narrowly. I think she's going to be exhausted and I think she's going to be pounced upon by Carmella, I think you're going to see a new SmackDown Women's Champion in Carmella. Well,
3: that's that's very interesting and intriguing because I didn't think that currently now, although if you remember at our last pay-per-view, I think it was uh, TLC or maybe it was uh, Hell in a Cell, whatever the case was. I thought that we would see a cash-in of some sorts from Carmella screwing over Natalia because it's the 20-year anniversary of the screw job and Natalia just happens to be a Hart family member. But she's not in the title picture, and I don't see that happening tonight. So I'm going to go one better, and I'm going to say we're not going to have a screw job. I think Charlotte will successfully defeat Alexa Bliss, and I don't think this will hurt Alexa Bliss' stance. Because currently right now, Charlotte is just – she's at a different level. And, uh, you know, she just got the title. You know, Dad's Still Alive. They got a book that just came out, which, by the way, I got as a gift from a close friend of mine. I haven't read it yet, but I will soon. Um, and I just think that because – what's unique about this brand split is that if a person loses a match – They go back to their brand, and then they can start something fresh and new. This doesn't linger with them or sit with them, and especially if you're a heel. You know, the internet wrestling fans, they say, oh, well, it hurts the heel if they lose too much. They're a heel. They can get their heat back. You don't know it all. Shut the fuck up, all right? Charlotte wins with the victory. (laughs) Carmella Carmella doesn't get a cash-in, okay? But if Rock, if you win, if if you're right about that, then you get the point, right? Because didn't we determine that a few months ago? We predict cash-ins or no cash-ins? Right, no, extra no, point. We Works for me. Okay, cool. Sounds good. All right, internet wrestling community, you suck. Charlotte
2: wins. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome, man. I, so anyway, yeah. When I, it, you know, it's interesting because when I look at and we, we talked about it earlier when we look about Survivor Series and how, you know, how we can continue uh, afterwards this the brand extension, the um, you know, friction between the two brands. Like, and again, I don't know what the rules are. I I think it would be really intriguing if you had Carmella cash in on Alexa, and then the negotiations that would have to happen between the two companies because the Raw Championship and and how does that go and the, does there is there a trade that ensues after that how exactly they would have to work that which would be very very interesting uh, as far as storytelling. Um, that all being said, I've learned to not bet on creative. As much as I think that would be really cool, just to see what they would do on, on Monday Night Raw, where essentially a um, a SmackDown talent is holding a, a Raw championship. Like, do we have an Alundra Blaze where, like, Carmella shows up on SmackDown and puts the Raw championship in the trash? Um, who knows? There's a lot of fun ways you could go with that, and that being said, it probably won't happen. So I'm, gonna, I'm also going to bet against uh, a cash-in. Maybe we get a hint at a cash-in. Um, but I'm, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think Charlotte Flair, it was a feel good moment on smack. And, and I'm really, I'm hedging on this because I'm like, after the feel good moment on Thursday, if Alexa bliss wins, like all the heat that she'll be able to garner, like after that, I'm just like, ah, oh, like, do I really bet against Alexa bliss? Um, but I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to go with the Charlotte Flair, uh, emerging victorious. I, again, Alexa bliss has been very entertaining, Um, I think it's going to be a fun match. I think the ladies, both ladies matches are going to deliver uh, on really being really fun matches. And let's, let's keep it going as we got about 30 minutes left and a bunch of matches to pick. um, I'm really looking forward to Cesaro and Seamus, the bar, if you will, going against the Usos. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Usos. I dig everything they've done coming out of uh, their heel turn. I, I like their characters and, who knew, man, Cesaro and Sheamus? Like, two characters that were floundering, two characters that like, what the hell are you going to do with these guys? And initially, when they threw them together as a tag team, it was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, it's that old, like, hey, we have two guys not doing anything. Let's just throw them together. But, man, it works. They work. They really do. And for one of those tag teams that, you know, were two superstars just thrown together, um, it really works for me. So I think it's going to be a fun – Hard-hitting matchup, potentially, you know, maybe a match of the night candidate um, in, in the modern era, if you will. There aren't many tag teams that you can look at that are better than the Usos. Uh, the Usos are a tremendous tag team, a true tag team. Um, I dig what they're doing. So, Dave, who comes out of the bar versus the Usos?
3: I'll be honest with you. When they originally announced it was going to be the Usos and the Shield, I was like – match of the night right there that's going to be the match of the night and i was really looking forward to that match because i just felt like that those two teams they would just put on a hell of a performance and then when they switched that match and we'll discuss it later when it comes to shield and new day i still was pretty pumped for this match the different styles that you know the high flying you know daredevil style of the usos but the the, uh, the 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 physical brute strength of Cesaro and Sheamus, the bar, like it's just a good mix together. I feel like this could be the match of the night. Still, in my opinion, I really feel like bell to bell, these guys are going to tear it up. It wouldn't surprise me if they open the pay-per-view with this. Um, but like you said, Ken, the Usos are a tried-and-true tag team, the truest form of a tag team in today's wrestling, and I just can't see them losing to the bar currently. Um, so with that being said, Usos
2: with the victory and you know what Dave I'm going to Agree with you um, I think that the Usos are The tag team Of, of the I think they're the greatest Tag team around and uh, They continue to add to their resume With this match however you know honestly It wouldn't shock me though um, Again these matches for me are really difficult To pick um, As Cesaro and Sheamus continue to elevate A victory against the Usos would definitely continue to elevate them as a tag team, and I don't think the Usos would lose anything. Um, so I, I, it, it, all these matches are really difficult to, to pick for me as a fan, but I, I think to me, like, the Usos are the top of the mountain. Every tag team in the business right now should be judged uh, against what the Usos are able to do. So fun match, hard hitting, uh, but I'm going to agree with you and go with the Usos.
1: Yeah, no, this is another really tough pick because, as you said, Ken, You know, Cesaro and Sheamus, two guys that they really threw together that really no one had any idea that those two were going to gel so well together, and they are really doing great in the tag team division. You know, one of the highlights of it. And then you have the Usos. Now, and full disclosure, I was not a fan of the Usos when they started. I was not a fan uh, of what they were doing. When they had their heel turn and they had that edge to them, that's when I started getting aboard that train, and, and I can appreciate the, the physicality they introduced into their style while still keeping, you know, the, the relative high-flying high, fly, high flying in there, too. Uh, that being said, I agree with Dave. You know, potential, you know, there's match of the night candidacy on a couple of those matches, and this match is definitely one of them. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to... Agree with you guys. Uh, I think it's going to be a hard-fought match. I think you're going to be entertained bell to bell. But at the end of it, I think you're going to see the Usos come out victorious against the bar.
2: A lot of agreeing going on tonight. A lot of agreeing in these in these picks. Uh, you know, it, but it's so weird, man. Like, with all these matches, I'm still – I'm like – I'm picking matches where I'm like fifty one percent forty nine percent you know like it's it's literally like I'm so close on any any of these matches which is is really intriguing and again I think it it it's a good thing for the wrestling fan and let's go to that let's go you know Dave you mentioned the shield shield versus new day um that's a matchup that um you know this could be a match of the night candidate too I think this is gonna be a fun match um a match that I'm looking forward to um I do think I'll I'll pick first on this match. I I think the Shield will emerge victorious. Um, Pretty much, I mean, either one of these teams can lose and not lose anything. Um, I I just look at this match, and I and I, you know, especially Roman Reigns being out for so long, the Shield reunites, and then they're not together. Um, So it kind of left like a little like it was a lackluster reunion, and nobody's fault. Like this is not creative's fault. Nobody's fault, um, but I because of that, I, I think you like fans and, and and booking like you need to see the Shield as a victorious united front. Um, that's why I think I think we're gonna have a fun matchup. We're gonna have a lot of hijinks from New Day, um, but I think and, uh, eventually the Shield will emerge victorious.
1: Well, uh, as far as this match goes, I agree. Def- definitely, definitely. Um, another match of the night candidate, and the only reason I'm going this uh, I'm going this way, my pick is also for the Shield. The main reason I'm going with that pick is simply because of the other tag team match, and you have the SmackDown champions winning on that match. I'm kind of taking a little bit of a Booker cap and trying to keep things down the middle for a bit, and I, I, here I'm going with the Raw, you know, the Raw team, and I think the Shield is going to take going to take it. Gentlemen,
3: we have a S.H.I.E.L.D. hat trick. Here's why. (laughs) New Day has been a firm unit since they started, okay? And they've not broken up. They haven't had their singles pushes. They haven't split apart. The S.H.I.E.L.D. has. And all three have gone on to moderate to great success in singles roles. Um, Some more than others out of the three. And it was interesting how the, the new day kind of brought that up in their promo leading up to this match um, between the three, because before this reunion even happened to get to Ambrose and Rollins, there was some dissension there and some mistrust. And then eventually to get to rain, you know, there was still, there were, there was still borderlining, teasing the idea of the, of the three of them getting back together, but there was always, there's always an underlying feeling that there's that that there's a this the bottom's going to fall out on the three of them as a unit. And I like how New Day brought that up. And a lot of people don't really look into that. Now I'm not saying that we're going to see the beginning of the end of this Shield reunion, but like you said, Ken, no one's fault except for viral, viral meningitis. This reunion has been lackluster at best, and I feel like New Day's always been a firm unit. And in order for this reunion for the Shield to be seen positively i feel like they have to win this match i think it's going to be an excellent match from all six guys another match of the night contender maybe even a match of the year contender um definitely a dream match of the modern era as far as these two factions these two stables go um i'm really looking forward to this one and uh, I, I think it would be best if the Shield, I mean, they, they got t-shirts out now about the Shield, you know what I mean? They just put Shield t-shirts out, they're, 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 they're running with this for a little while, I just can't see them losing their first match as the three of them as a unit, you know, together on pay-per-view. So, um, but yeah, I, I, when they announced this match, I was like, okay, cool, this is a good way to make up for Ambrose and Rollins not facing the Usos. Um, I'm just kind of curious what happens moving forward with both teams? You know, where do both teams go from there? Which I think lends the, the, the opportunity for some form of foreshadowing as to where the Shield stands after this match, especially after what New Day said in their promo. So,
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I honestly, like, it wouldn't have shocked me at all if plans were in place to start to show kinks in the armor with the Shield. In this match If Roman Reigns didn't get sick, The Shield had been together this whole time And they were heading into Survivor Series You know, my pick may be different uh, But I do look at it like th- this, this Shield reunion needs validation And it hasn't really had it yet um, So they have to come You know, they have to come up victorious here And maybe down the road a piece, a piece uh, Maybe heading towards the Rumble um, You know, this is going to be I mean, I don't think we're going to look at like this reunion being, like, a year in length. I mean, I think this is short-term. Um, it's amazing, I mean, how long ago they break up, and it's like the nostalgia pop, but, you know, it is what it is, and it's fun seeing the Shield back together. Um, they will split up uh, probably sooner than later, um, but I, I don't think we're going to see that tonight. Um, so a hat trick for the Shield as we get set for uh, Survivor Series as we look forward to another match that, you know, this is intriguing, and I'd like to get both your takes on before we get into, like, the picks, um, I, I find it intriguing that, you know, AJ Styles is now WWE champion. I was more... Now, now bell to bell, this is going to be a better match than it would have been as far as Lesnar versus Jinder. Um, storyline-wise, I was very intrigued with what was going to happen with Jinder versus Brock. Um, I'm not as intrigued storyline-wise, but I think bell to bell we're going to get uh, a superior match Do we see interference from Jinder At some point tonight uh, Do we see anybody interfere tonight in this match uh, Perhaps This is, this is a tough, another tough one to pick You know, who eats that pin Who, you know, walks away with a victory And has bragging rights With the two top level championships On each show So I'm curious, and I'll, I'll defer to you Rock uh, To start off You know, you can get to your pick But I'm curious, like, storytelling wise Jinder losing the belt. Are you cool with AJ stepping in here? What are your thoughts on this matchup, potential match of the night, match of the year? What do you think?
1: Uh, well, you know, d- just to answer the question, potential match of the night, uh, I-, I leave nothing out of the grasp of AJ Styles. Uh, definitely one of the best workers, if not the best worker, around right now. Um, that being said, to be to be honest, I was disappointed. Um I was very intrigued at what could have become of Brock versus Ginder. And I, I'm a Jinder fan. I, I, I realized, you know, no one in a million years thought that Ginder was going to be handed the belt. And then he was. And in my opinion, when he was handed the belt, the man grew with it. The man evolved. He became a better wrestler. He became a better character. He really got on his game. And it was, it was kind of sad to see him lose the belt. You know, AJ Styles, I get it. You know, again, that, it, it could be argued that the man is the greatest worker uh, right now. But I was more interested in Jinder versus Brock. That being said, as far as my pick for this match, and it, it is going to be a great match just by virtue of, you know, the, the mark of a great wrestler is not only to be great in the ring, but to make whoever you're wrestling look great as well. And I think AJ has, an, AJ has an, the ability to elevate a match just by himself. Not saying that Brock isn't a great worker, but, you know, let's face it, these are two very different styles. Brock is a, he is a literal beast. The man is 285. He, he's a monster versus uh, AJ Styles. And AJ Styles is definitely going in this, into this as the underdog. And I think A.J. is going to put a valiant effort. But in my opinion, a match like this is exactly why weight classes exist. I just cannot see A.J. Styles beating Brock Lesnar. Maybe that's a little bit of old-school mentality. But I I know A.J. is going to be exciting. He's going to pull some stuff out of his behind that, well, wow, the crowd – but at the end of the day, I just cannot legitimately see AJ stopping Lesnar from just stomping on him and, be, and winning the match.
2: Yeah, man, i and I'm right there with you. I, I'm kind of like one of those guys that, like, I I would like to see kind of – you know, there's never, like, really weight classes, but and it's funny because you have 205 Live, which is kind of its own weight class, but you still don't, like, storyline-wise um, – As a whole, the WWE does not, like, adhere to to weight classes. And, you know, yeah, that's always bothered me as an old-school fan. I've always been the type that, like, you know, bigger beats smaller. That's just what happens in combat sports. Um, However, in this, I I don't think it's going to happen. I I think maybe something screwy will happen. Maybe Brock gets distracted. Um, But I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with AJ Styles. Somehow, some way, he is going to emerge victorious against Brock Lesnar. Um, again, maybe someone comes out at some point to challenge Brock and distracts him. Uh, something happens. Maybe Goldberg shows up again after his, his uh, special and uh, distracts Brock Lesnar, but um, I, I think some, in some way, shape, or form AJ Styles is going to wind up victorious. I'm right there with you, though. Storyline-wise, I mean, we know what AJ brings. We know what AJ brings to the table, and like I said, I think bell to bell, we're going to get a great match. I was just very intrigued. I think that the Ginder title run um, never got to where I would have liked to have seen it get to as a fan. Uh, it was building and building and building. And to put like an exclamation point, like if Jinder somehow, even with a screw job in some way, shape, or form, was able to go over on Brock, that would have been the exclamation point that Ginder's championship run could have used. And I, I don't know. Like I kind of have a lukewarm feeling to – Jinder's title run We'll see, maybe he has something to do With tonight's matchup, but I'm going with AJ Styles emerging victorious I'm also curious where This match is going to be booked on the card Dave, your thoughts on this matchup
3: Rocky, you mentioned It earlier, Ginder has grown Into the role as champion, and I couldn't Agree with you more, I've, I'll say it till the cows come home, this is reminiscent Of JBL's run as WWE Champion in 2004 He grew into that role as well However, I will disagree with the both of you. I didn't have m- very much intrigue going into this match. A little, but not much when it came to Jinder and Brock. I'm a little bit happier that we're going to see Brock and AJ because I think bell to bell, they'll tear it up. But when going into this match, when Paul Heyman cuts a promo and basically says, you're not in the same sentence as champions like Hogan, San Martino, Austin, Rock, you name it, the list goes on and on and basically telling him that you are inferior to me, what makes me so intrigued wanting to see that match between Brock Lesnar and Jinder Mahal if the opponent's manager is basically saying you're inferior, you're not even on Brock's level? It's a foregone conclusion at that point. What you're telling me is, as a viewer, that, and, and I'll, I'll speak out of both sides of my mouth here and pretend like I'm a part of the IWC, but creative is telling me that Jinder Mahal is a nobody compared to Brock Lesnar. In the same context that Survivor Series, Raw versus SmackDown, they're supposed to be at the same level, head-to-head, brand versus brand. You're not showing that when you put Brock up against Jinder, especially when the the, the 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 manager of the Universal Champion is telling us that his his client's opponent is inferior. So that was what I took from that. I didn't have a whole lot of intrigue in it. I had some. But I didn't have much, and I was much happier to see AJ go into this role and face Brock. I think it would be a better match. I, I think we'll see some involvement from Jinder. Um, I was kind of surprised they took him off the card because they have been running with him for so long. But bell to bell, I think this is going to be a really good match. If this is a short match, Brock wins. If this goes a little bit longer than his normal seven or eight minutes that he does, if this goes like 15 minutes, maybe even 20, dare I say 20, dare I say 20, then I think AJ Styles will pull the upset victory. However, my pick, my gut, we've talked about it before. Ken, you don't like to bet against Alexa Bliss. I don't like to bet against Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar coming out with the
2: victory. That's it. It's a good point. It's tough. Again, all these picks, I'm like, you know, 51-49, like going to these picks, and – It is tough. And, God, I I bet against, like, Brock Lesnar and Alexa Bliss. in (laughs) I'm getting housed. I'm glad we're not betting shots. Anyway, let's get into the final match of the night. Traditional, as they say, traditional Survivor Series matchup. Uh, Team Raw versus – Team Raw versus. Team Raw, Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and the game Triple H versus Team SmackDown. Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Shinsei Nakamura, John Cena. Um, I think, again, this is going to be an entertaining matchup. There's a lot of um, other storylines surrounding. Like I said, I I wonder what's going to happen uh, with Team Raw. You got Jason Jordan, who um, nobody likes, and nobody likes this storyline. However, I did like kind of on Raw as – Jordan was kind of saying, I'm your son, dad. Come on. And he kind of was moving into that. He was looking for special treatment from his father. And, and I found that really interesting that, you know, this, this storyline has not worked. However, I think the seeds may be planted now that Jordan may be going the heel route. Um, does he have something to do with this matchup tonight? Does he interfere in some way, shape or form? Remains to be seen. I mean, it's this, this being Kurt Angle's son nonsense was was ridiculous from the get-go. It hasn't worked. Um, what I found interesting also, again, with the, the other levels of storytelling in this matchup, as I said earlier, like, Triple H made Kurt Angle look like a bitch. And like we talked about before, like, I could be disagreeing with a family member, but you come after someone in my family? Oh, well, now we got problems. And so he's having issues with his son – When Triple H comes down and gives his son the pedigree and walks off, as a father, you would think, like, all right, Kurt Angle wants to kick the shit out of Triple H and just kind of let him walk away. So do we see some of that dynamic in this match? Do we see dissension with this team? A lot of different variables going on with this team as opposed to SmackDown. So do we get that subtext? Do we get other storytelling going on? Do we get something in this match that can lead towards something else going forward to build upon storytelling. Like we talked about, this pay-per-view is intriguing on where you pick because there's so many levels, and there's there's probably nothing between the two teams or two competitors going forward. So pay-per-view of blow-off matches. So do we get seeds planted that you can go off to your other shows and, and build on that? I don't know. So this is, a, this is a pay-per-view that is very difficult to pick. And, Rock, why don't you kick off this one, our traditional Survivor Series matchup, Raw versus SmackDown. Um, I'm assuming this will go on last, although it wouldn't shock me if we get Brock versus AJ last. But this is what it's all been leading towards, brand supremacy. Your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Well, as you alluded to, Ken, this is a very tough match to pick. Um, there are plenty of angles to work at the, the Jason Jordan angle is, is he going to have some involvement, you know, what's going to go on. Um, I think it's going to be a great match. I am also curious to see if, you know, if this is the last match on the card, where it is on the card. Uh, with all that being said and all the, the name power in this match, you know, Braun, Balor, uh, Joe, jeez, Randy, Bobby. I'm going to – and honestly here, I'm flipping the coin. I'm going with Team SmackDown. I am going to say the Survivors will be Shinsuke and Bobby Roode to be the new generation uh, leading SmackDown. uh, I think you're going to have a lot of great matchups. There's going to be a lot of great action. And I would like to see, you know – of course, you do have Cena on Team SmackDown, but you know, I think Cena's transitioned well into that. You know, putting other guys overall. Like I realize I'm a part timer now. Yeah, I, I, I'm, call, I'm calling Rude and Nakamura to be the ones left standing on Team SmackDown. That's my thing.
2: What do you think, Dave?
3: Well, I think. You both make great points regarding the Jason Jordan issue. I've hated this storyline from the get-go. I've not been a believer of this. I've not bought into this. I hated the stupid idea of him crying and coming out and then Kurt Angle crying. And and I just thought the whole freaking thing was stupid from the get-go. I was so glad that he got replaced off that team because, to me, it was like – he was like – I don't know. It just – it's one of those things where, like, creative – has force fed me something that I don't buy. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. And this is where I'll be like the internet wrestling community. I'm sorry, but I, I don't approve of this. And, and, and I know I'm right and you're wrong. And I, I'm glad that they, that they realized in some respects that, you know, the people are buying this, so they need to take a different direction with this. The whole illegitimate son with the, with the athletic pedigree and all that stuff, like, it, it, sorry, we're in 2017. You know, there's ways of, of, of getting information through social media, and it's at your fingertips, and I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it whatsoever, and I'm glad that they're kind of going in a different direction. I have a feeling, though. I I think Jason Jordan's going to have a have a, a part in this match. I certainly do. I think this match is going to be chaotic. I think it's going to be awesome. It's like an all-star game, you know, with with both teams. Both teams are stacked, but I think it's going to you're going to see some chaos, you know, throughout the course of this match. I think Jordan's going to have some involvement, and it wouldn't surprise me, based off of the interaction between Triple H and Kurt Angle. This is just my hunch, okay? But the whole Jason Jordan not, you know. Kurt, or is Kurt Angle's son, I think that was a play on the authority. The authority wants to get rid of Kurt Angle. You know, Stephanie McMahon threatened Kurt Angle's job. Triple H comes in. He's Stephanie's husband. He's going to replace Jason Jordan. I have a feeling that that whole thing was to make Kurt Angle's run as GM look bad. Um, but on the other side, SmackDown Live, we didn't touch upon this. I mentioned it in my throwback, but Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They've had some issues with Shane McMahon in the last few weeks, in the last month or so. Zayn was the reason why Owens won that Hell in the Cell match a month ago, and they're not even on the card. They're not even a part of Team SmackDown. So I wonder if they're going to have some sort of involvement, maybe screwing someone out of Team SmackDown in an elimination. Not saying the, the outcome of the match, but maybe Owens and Zayn cost Shane his, uh, uh, you know, a, a pinfall victory or, or Randy Orton even. Who knows? But I have a feeling they're going to make an appearance somewhere in this match too. Um, but that being said, I'm going to agree with you, Rock. I think Team SmackDown's going to win, and I'm going to go one further. I think Nakamura's going to survive. I think Bobby Roode's going to survive, and I think John Cena's going to survive. I don't think they're just going to bring Cena in to not have him in some form of the spotlight, but I think that him being in that that role is going to give Nakamura and Roode the rub that they survived with a guy like John Cena. Team SmackDown with Nakamura, Cena, and Bobby Roode for the win.
2: Good stuff. And you know what? Uh, You know, when I look at this matchup, I look at the the biggest thing that that I come out of this match is there's a lot of, I mean, it's great because I agree with you, Dave. I think chaotic is a good way to describe how this matchup is going to play out. Um, But you look at this team, you have Finn Balor and Samoa Joe that have had issues with each other. Uh, You have Kurt Angle. Uh, and Triple H issues with each other. Um, Braun Strowman has issues with everybody because he just wants to roar and beat everybody else. Um, <laughs> I you know, now I get to the point where like every time he raises his hand and yells, I kind of chuckle and just like roar, like here right, we get it. You can yell and you're a big mother effort. But um, yeah, when I look at this, and, and the one thing that jumps out at me though with with this match and with with Jason Jordan and everything that's gone on on Raw. Um, is it time for Kurt Angle to get fired? Uh, and and that's <laughs> to me that's what they're, they're <laughs> and, and and that's that's what they're going towards. That's what they're leading towards, and that's what I think we're going to see tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. And that when I look at these two teams, um, and and I you know when you look at the brand split, SmackDown is the B show. It'll always be the B show as far as how the company conducts business. However. Um you know, I think this benefits SmackDown going forward as like they can. You know, Shane McMahon could say, no we're the A Show now. We are the A Show." Um, I think this is going to be a fun match. I, I look forward to you know Bobby Roode and Triple H getting in the ring perhaps together and going at it. Um, Finn Balor Nakamura perhaps going at it. Like when you look at ways that this match could go, John Cena Braun Strowman. Um, you know how things could go as far as who matches up with who, who goes after who, what crazy-ass shit does Shane McMahon uh, try to pull off. You know, maybe there's a spot in here where Shane McMahon does something crazy and just can't continue. Um, Lots of stuff, a lot of plunder, baby, if you will. Um, But I I agree. Another hat trick. Well, we haven't had, like, this many hat tricks in a long time, but um, I just think storytelling-wise, coming out of it, uh, Raw Under Siege, You know, Shane McMahon, SmackDown being the beat club. Um, I don't think Shane McMahon is going anywhere. So I I look at this all, and it's like it benefits SmackDown. It works better storytelling-wise for SmackDown to win. Um, Kurt Angle's going to get fired. Do we see him, you know, wrestling his son at some point? Do we see him come back as a wrestler for one last match? Um, Who knows? I mean, who knows what – Is in store for Kurt Angle Going forward you know I would love to see Kurt Angle if his body can handle it And I'll tell you man like I'm still not Convinced I'm curious Tonight to see what we get because After the last pay-per-view I'm not convinced That Kurt Angle everyone you still got It I don't know if he does I'll be honest With you I don't know if Angle still has it And if his body can handle uh, The wear and tear of of being A WWE superstar I'm not 100% sure I don't think I saw enough to say, yeah, Kurt Angle's definitely back. Um, I would love to see a final run from Kurt Angle. I would love to see him wrestle in this match, uh, perhaps sign a a superstar contract, whatever you want to call it, and we get a run maybe from Rumble to uh, WrestleMania, and then he calls it quits, officially has his final match. Um, I would love to see that if he could do it. Uh, But I think he gets fired as the GM tomorrow night. SmackDown uh, winds up Becoming victorious and I'm going to go I'm going to go with Rude There's a hat trick there Rude And I'm going to go with John Cena Rude and John Cena Two survivors Um, Those are going to be my two survivors in this matchup Um, And then we'll see Where these storylines go moving forward So I mean with about a minute left I mean I think this is going to be a really entertaining Pay-per-view I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to what comes out of it after the fact, but um, you know, is there any? I'm curious. We'll go around the horn. Like, well, you had to pick one match you're looking forward to most. Rock, what match is it?
1: Uh, I would say that Raw, that Robert, uh Smackdown match. Uh, I'm looking to see what you know. You're going to see Triple H. You're going to see Kurt Angle. I'm, I'm looking to see what they can do.
2: How are you, Dave? What's your one match you're looking forward to most? I'd have
3: to. I'd have to agree with Rock. The 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 list of names, the potential matchups the different stories that could be told, the different stories that are being told, the Raw men versus SmackDown men, definitely the, the most anticipated matchup for me.
2: And, you know, when's the last time we were on, why What the hell? Patrick's the theme. I'll go there, too. There's other <laughs> matches. I'm looking forward to, the, you know, the tag team champions, the Usos versus the Bar. But, yeah, the, the different matchups you can get in this. And when's the last time we were excited for a traditional Survivor Series matchup Kudos to creative for giving us something to be excited about Survivor Series. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. We won't be on the air next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Barack and Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.